0: Hi, John. It's been a while. Hey,
1: Jen. How's it going?
0: <laughs> Good. I feel like we had a nice long break there. Maybe almost too long. You think so? Yeah. 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 I was, I've been getting a little anxious and wanting yeah. to record. And right. I did a couple of interviews and I've been mm-hmm. dying to share them with you and talk about them with you. Right. So this new format, I'm excited about uh, how it's going to go. But I've learned a few things about myself as an interviewer. Uh, That I'm bad at it Number one (laughs) (laughs) Number two You know, I'm better. I think with podcasting, where we're kind of talking, sometimes talking over one another. You pick up the like "aha," uh-huh, so right? Like you do in a conversation. You're trying to prompt people along. Well, of course, all of that is caught on these interviews. Absolutely, tapes is me going "oh, mm, ah," oh. Right. you know, horrible <laughs> things like that that are so embarrassing to listen to afterwards, and no way to cut out, right?
1: So yeah, they can't be edited. <laughs> Right.
0: So, okay, so I'm just saying as a disclaimer, I do know this about myself and I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to try and do a little better as we go through the season and okay. be thoughtful when someone's talking about just maybe nodding silently and not. Right.
1: <laughs> not, right. right. Rather than.
0: Not adding my.
1: Uh huh, uh huh, And, uh huh. Hysterical
0: uh-huh. comments, you know, that are not needed at all. So, right. let me set up what we're going to listen to today. Okay. Um, so my first year back at the middle school at, right. as a principal, um, I had a student who was coming to us as a transgender student, okay. and so this was my first experience really uh, with a transgender student. I never had one at elementary, although I think there it's it's becoming a little more common. Yep. Yeah. So yep. I met with, and now the thing is about this student in particular is I have known her mom for probably 20 years and I have worked with her oh, wow. in different capacities throughout our district for 20 years. Okay. So she felt very comfortable coming to me mm-hmm. as a new principal at this school. Right. But she came to me, she says, I'm moving Sam over. Um, they had gone to an LA unified school because of where she lives yep. up through 7th grade and she says I'm moving Sam over and we're she's going to start here as a female. She was born a male but she's going to start okay. in 8th grade in this the system, the Burbank system as a female. Got and it. she's going to be coded on our information system, you know, as a female. Right. So um, but she's not she's not out yet to everybody. Okay. She wants to just come in and be accepted as a female. Okay. So I said, okay, absolutely. The, the, biggest concern i think i had was she is very much into choir and musical theater and she wanted to be part of our choir and our choir does costume changes and you know all sorts of things like this and so i met with the choir teacher okay um because one of the things also this they were going to be going to washington dc in october okay to perform and so then there was going to be hotel arrangements all these kind of things so um her mom's name is Jen and she had thought through a lot of these things and okay. you know was prepared to talk them over with and we managed to work many of these things out there were a few little blips along the way that I want to talk about okay. during this interview that I talk with Sam about but uh by the end of the year she graduated went on to the high school and then a. uh Probably about a month into this school year. She's now a freshman in high school.
1: Okay. Her mom. You got her in grade eight.
0: I had her in grade eight. She graduated last year. She's moved on. Okay. So her mom emailed me and she said, I just have to share with you this letter that Sam wrote to her teacher. So I was an English teacher, so I can totally relate to this assignment. Right. I bet everybody has been in a class where they've gotten this assignment. You're new in class, and the teacher says, I want you to write me a letter telling me about yourself. You know, I want to get to know you. Right. So this was the freshman English teacher's assignment. So she wrote this letter, and she talks very openly about, um, you know, her own transformation. Yes. And comes out to the teacher essentially okay Uh, and so uh, Jen forwarded this to me and she said I'm so proud of her and it's an amazing letter and so I said "It just gave me the idea I really want to interview her and talk about you know her journey her experience in eighth grade now you know she's in ninth grade what is where is she at with it. Right. So um, I brought her in to my office and we sat down for a while and the first thing I did was I asked her to read the letter that she wrote. So I, was starting, I knew she was nervous um, right. about it. She was not quite sure. She kind of came in and was like, oh, I'm so tired. And, and I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, she's, she's nervous about this whole yep. thing. Yep. So I said, okay, let's start with you just reading this letter. And you can tell she's kind of nervous because she reads it really quickly. Okay. Um, so let me let me share this with you. Okay.
2: August 16, 2019. Dear Mrs. Weiner, thank you for the letter. Yes, I had a very fun and enjoyable summer, and I'm excited to begin my high school experience at John Burroughs. I'm happy to share important information about me, but you... So you can get to know me. At first glance, I'm a regular teenage girl, but I'm also so much more. Back in 1985, my grandmother and her two daughters, as known as my aunts, started a dance studio called Golden School of Dance over time it evolved into a performing arts center my dad became the director and my grandma was the producer they put on amazing amazing musicals with kids the production level was like broadway sometimes eventually my grandma had and uh, eventually my grandma and dad decided to leave since i had been born and my grandma wanted to teach college students fast forward seven years seven years later There was a new, amazing director and a producer at Golden. My dad and mom convinced me to start performing there. I said no at first, but then I said yes when I found out they served pizza. I I ended up starting when I was 7 years old. I enjoyed it so much. I made so many friends, all ages from 5 to 16 years old. I kept performing at Golden for many, many shows, 21 altogether. I made so many memories and friends. I performed in shows like "The Wiz, Crazy for You," Joseph, and "The Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat," "Fiddler on the Roof," "Into the Woods," etc. But sadly, I became too old and I, and busy to continue doing the shows there with the kids' age group. The, this past summer was my last show, and I was very sad. But I'm looking forward to all the new adventures I'm going to have with show choir in my high school. So I have a see This is what I said to my teacher. So, I have a secret to tell you. Don't worry, my parents know, and so do some friends. I mean, basically a lot of the kids know now. But I was born male and I transitioned into a female. Surprising, right? Well, <laughs> well, I'll tell you everything, so hopefully you'll understand. So when I was about four years old, I wore a princess dress to a birthday party. And that was, like, one of the best days of my childhood. Um, later on in my life, I had many thoughts about gender, who I was, what my sexuality was, etc., I came out to my parents as homosexual when I was 12 years old without knowing I wasn't truly happy yet. During the winter of 7th grade, I was having stress. I was uncomfortable changing in the boys' locker room. I wanted to wear makeup, crop tops, bras, tube tops, two-piece, eh, two-piece bathing suits, etc. The first people I told were my parents. When I came, came out to them as transgender, they accepted me right away. That spring of seventh grade, my parents took me to a children's hospital in Los Angeles for my first trans appointment. It was so fun talking about things with the therapist and people. I eventually started estrogen pills and I got a puberty blocker to stop the male hormones and to let the female hormones into my body. I had entered Burbank Un- Unified School District in eighth grade going by Samantha as a female without people knowing my secret. I made a few close friends and I told them about my past during winter break. They were fully supportive and happy for me. I lived life as a girl for the rest of the school year. I'm now a freshman in high school and I'm telling more and more people. I'm just not fully out to everyone. Now there is a dark side to me, too. I struggle with mental health, such as anxiety, depression, OCD, gender dysphoria, gender which I've already been through, mm-hmm. and possibly Tourette's. I got diagnosed with anxiety in fourth grade because I was being overly stressed. I was having panic attacks and a lot of more things. Then in seventh grade, I was having suicidal thoughts. I didn't want to exist anymore. I was getting bullied for my sexuality, height because I was really short, weight because I was overweight, and more. I didn't want to be here. I started cutting myself during the year, and when my parents found out, they got really worried. They told my therapist, and my therapist decided to help me with it. Over time, I got better, and when eighth grade started, I was at Burbank Unified School District. My mental health was much better. However, I may also have Tourette's because I have a lot of tics. My doctors think it's just a bunch of rituals that come with my OCD which I was diagnosed with in January. So if I move my body a lot in class or make weird noises, it's probably just my tics. I have a hard time controlling them. But when I do my exercises, my therapist taught me, they stop, like, sometimes. They don't really stop all of the time because you can't really control Tourette's. I mean, you can you can control Tick syndrome, but not Tourette's, which my parents don't understand, so... <laughs> I'm I'm much better now, and I rarely get panic attacks anymore. I hope my mental health improves even more over time, too. Well, this is the conclusion paragraph. <laughs> well, you know me well now, and I hope we have a great year working together. I'm really looking forward to high school and my future. I hope you don't mind me sharing such personal information, but I feel ready to share it with you and some of my other teachers. Hopefully ex- it explains some things about me that you may be wondering about. Sincerely, me.
1: A pretty extraordinary letter,
0: right? Wow. She just lays it all out
1: there. <sighs> yeah, I mean, all of it. Yeah. Right? You have no, you have no doubt who this person is mm-hmm. after you know after a letter like you know like that extraordinary. I mean, across the full range of everything that makes Sam Sam yeah right and now your sense you, know, you were a principal for a year yeah right so kind of what's your sense of how middle school students often don't read themselves all that you know accurately in some respects and totally accurately in others you know how well does she sort of get herself
0: I am surprised at how reflective she is yes yeah. because on one hand Um, you know, just like you said, middle school students seem to, you know, view the world through only their own set of eyes. Right. And assume that everybody else is always looking at them and, you know, uh, uh, rotating around their orbit. Right, Uh, right, right. um, And some of the things that she talks about just remind me of the things that we went through during the year. Yeah. About Middle of the school, you know, there were there were a couple of in, incidents throughout the year where she did tell one of her friends, or it kind of came out to one of her friends. Okay, and I would get, I got a frantic email from her mom, you know, the next morning. Last night on social media, where all these things happen, right? right. Uh, uh, she told one of her friends, and now they're middle schoolers, right? Are they going right. to be able to keep these her secret?
1: Right. Because that's how it's framed. Yes. So,
0: and I thought, you know, coming in, um, kids are terrible at keeping one another's secrets. And yet they did. They kept her secret. And then something else happened. And, you know, somebody inadvertently overheard something and figured it out and was not a friend of hers and had no reason to keep her secret and yet still did. Interesting. So that was um, a surprise to me that the secret was able to be kept.
1: Right. Now, this secret stuff is not coming from a position of shame, but rather from a position of wanting to control the narrative.
0: I think so. Yeah. Um, Sam will tell us later. uh, She told me a lot in the interview about her struggle in seventh grade at her school. Oh, I see one thing so it's
1: partly about that
0: I think so I think that so it's gotta be harder for kids who have known their friend group since kindergarten and then are trying to make this change in front of their their group of friends and all the people that do know them as one gender and then they say no I want I want everyone to call me by this other gender Yeah,
1: yeah
0: and I think Sam probably struggled with friendships and how people responded to her Yep. in addition to how the school responded to this and the support that she felt she didn't necessarily get and some teasing and bullying that she... Uh, expected as middle schoolers do that the adults could solve that they yep. couldn't for her.
1: I see. Okay.
0: And I did ask her mom about this too when I interviewed her and so we'll have we'll have a little more from that perspective as well. Yeah,
1: when we get to that. About, yeah. okay. uh,
0: you know, how that all went down. But I was just so amazed honestly that in a short year she was able to to do this on her own time yeah i know that she really thought about over winter break kind of coming out on social media and telling everybody you know and we were all uh the all the adults at the school you know the school psychologist who knew myself her mom you know some of the teachers there were as the year progressed more and more of our teachers who at least had her as a student knew in grade eight yeah yeah um But not even there's there's even uh, as I was reviewing some of the tapes, one of her teachers. It wasn't until uh, April that he found out because Uh. um, Sam's mom came to talk to him about it because of something else, and he was. She says, you know, he was really surprised, and Uh she thought, "Are you kidding me? You know, right? Yeah, right, right. Really, you are surprised." so it was it was this real journey that we all kind of went on together. and right. i was I was really concerned at the beginning of the year about, you know, is keeping this secret actually viable? right? And then if it's not, because i I have to tell you, I thought initially there's no way. there's no right. way. it's gonna right. it's gonna come out. and then what is the reaction gonna be? Of the students, of the school community, whatever is yeah. what is that going to be like? Right. And so I was just always waiting for something bad to happen, and it never did.
1: Right. That shoe never dropped. Yeah. Right.
0: Which was pretty pretty amazing.
1: It's an indicator of where we are as a as a culture in certain parts of the country.
0: Yeah, and I right. think that even you know then I had to reflect on my own. You know why did i have all these fears that it was going to go badly? why did i have all of these negative uh initial thoughts because i tend to be a very positive person and like and when particularly when i meet with parents and particularly when we're talking about uh kids who don't necessarily fit in the box i feel like oh i'm i'm the perfect person for you because i love those kids Yeah. yeah
1: yeah send
0: them here and so then i thought well gosh i was why was i uh, so concerned about this it was new for me right right, right. If, you, if you have a student with a with a learning disability or autism or you know highly gifted or you know these kind of things like yeah come on down i know i can reassure you and right. say oh yeah i've had lots of kids like that let me tell you what we can do but this was new for me right this was your first time mm-hmm.
1: did you deal with sam similarly to the way that you dealt with say um uh, you know, uh, uh, a student with a particular learning difference earlier in your career. In other words, you have a. Does you, was your response the same, or was your response to Sam, as a transgender student, different than your response to other kids?
0: I think it was different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that
1: uh, is that because of the secret.
0: Yeah, Maybe? and my own, um, inexperience with it. Right. Right. Because even when I was you know, a brand new teacher, I had kids with learning disabilities in my class, right. Uh, I worked with you know, my special education teacher. We worked I, and I felt somehow, even from the beginning, th- yeah, there are learning differences and, and I got this. Like I right. never I learned more and more and just became better, but I never had that initial like, oh, they shouldn't be in my class, right? Have you had right, that experience right. with right. a teacher I where that. Yeah. like, oh, I can't teach this student? You know, they're too difficult for whatever reason—behavioral or right. academic. You know, I never, re- I don't remember ever having that reaction as a teacher, but I. Th- what concerned me was as an adult trying to keep her secret for her. Right. And feeling this, I think now as an administrator at the school, feeling like, how can I make everybody else keep her secret uh-huh. and let her control the narrative? Right. I think I was worried about Maybe I realize that now, that I was kind of worried. I was just always waiting for uh, it to, to fall apart. Or... How the other thing I was worried about was how is she going to make authentic relationships when she has this big secret? Yeah. Yeah. Does she go into that? Not really, but it doesn't seem to be an issue for her. So she does yeah. talk about the very first friend that she had and how it came out. Yeah. So we'll we'll get into that one.
1: We'll come to that.
0: Yeah, but yeah. I was the very first thing I wanted to ask her about was was what was her parents' response. Right, right, right. That was when she came out to them, because she mentions in the letter. Right. I was like, what what did your parents think? How did you tell them? Tell me about that. So that was the next thing. The next clip that I have is her talking about, um, just very briefly, really, uh, the response of
1: um, parents.
0: Parents. Her parents. And the response of the student's who did know you i'm trying to remember now i think the next one is the response of the students that you knew in eighth grade and now you're coming out in high school yeah. you know how has that acceptance been now that you really are coming out to everybody at high school right so i think i have that one first is the high school community
1: okay
2: Surprisingly, everyone has been supportive. I mean, there's a few people that, like, I mean, they weren't really my friends, but, like, they eventually found out and they've been, like, trying to stay away from me. But, honestly, I don't care about what they think. They're just being dumb, like any other high school kid who doesn't know about LGBT stuff.
1: You know, there's there's a lot of work that we as school leaders do to try to create and shape the culture of the school, mm-hmm. right? mm I wrote about that in my dissertation and have been a principal myself, the, the leverage that adults have to create and shape a building's culture or a school's culture is much lower than the leverage available to students collectively mm-hmm. to shape the culture. Right? I think that that's generally a very poorly understood reality about schools where the presumption is that most of this is coming from Frameworks that adults set up. Adults can set up all kinds of frameworks that may or may not work, depending on the degree to which the student body is prepared to buy in, buy in, or <laughs> leverage them yeah. against the nonsense or whatever. Right? What you know? What I'm hearing from Sam is uh, there are aspects of my experience that are negative, mm-hmm. and I can recognize them as negative but they're not shaping my entire experience, nor in my perspective, this is sort of her voice, right? Nor in my perspective is my nonsense to any greater degree than anyone else's nonsense. But I've got a little bit more wisdom to step back. So I'm not being in a, a place of kind of self-loathing or whatever Mm -hmm. rather it's just well yeah i mean i'm i'm in a i'm in a big middle school or i'm in a big high school and there's going to be this sort of ridiculousness right
0: yep there's always going to be haters
1: right but she's not in a place like those schools that we studied 10 years ago in ventura county Mm. right where a student who may or may not have been gay but was not gender conforming was murdered. Yeah. Right? And where the the whole culture of that school was dysfunctional with regard to protecting the student Mm -hmm. from actual physical threats and real harm, which it doesn't sound like she has received.
0: Well, and that's where I think some of my own fear came from at the beginning of last year. Right. Is if the tide of the um, opinion amongst students at the school were to wash over her in a negative way, do I really have the ability to control that? Right. Or make a difference for her? Right. You know, if she's facing it everywhere she goes. I, I think I'm very realistic about what kind of power I have and don't have over right. what really happens in the hallways at the school. Right. I mean, you can take, you know, one student and you can talk with them and you can <clears throat> try... But if it's if it's this critical maths, you know, I was just... I think I was nervous about that. Yeah. What, what would happen? And so I was pleasantly right. surprised.
1: Right. Right. Being a... Being a school leader is a humbling experience because you learn the degree to which you don't have leverage. That's right. Right. And I could appreciate a sense that if this this goes a certain way, I am not confident in my powers to move this in a way that's going to be really nurturing and helpful Mm -hmm. there are any number of scenarios i can envision where this goes really out of control and it's not necessarily i mean in this case particularly it's about a student who is transgender has left a toxic school to come to yours you're a trusted adult who has known the student's parents for two decades Mm -hmm. right if if that's not going to be a safe environment, then what is? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot riding on it from your perspective, sort of in the in the subconscious. Right. Right. Um
0: Yeah, I did. I felt I felt like that a
1: personal responsibility, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: Right. To get it right.
1: Which we all should feel yeah. as school leaders. Yeah. Each individual student, we should be trying to help them become the best person they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, Though sometimes that's somewhat of an abstract experience, and other times it's an experience that takes place within a a context where you're just not sure what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, and the irony is this went well, and I can't really take the credit for that either. No, no, no. (laughs) No, it's yeah, you don't get any credit for no, that either. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't do anything special to make sure she had a positive experience. I mean, I did the normal things that we would all do right, right. Uh, in trying to lay some groundwork right, and right. talking to counselors and the choir teacher and all these and having some of these conversations right. ahead of time. But any above that, there was nothing special I did. Right. But I think that as, and particularly when we get to hear from her mom, yeah. you're going to see the groundwork that she has laid, right. you know, and the kind of mom that she is uh-huh. that really helps make Sam the person that she is. Right. So my next question that I asked Sam was, you know, well, what was your parents' response? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear a little bit more about. Okay. Um, what did she say?
2: They supported me, obviously, because my dad's best friend is gay. Um, my mom knows a ton of gay people. And so, yeah, it was, like, pretty... I thought they were going to, like, support me anyways because, like, they're really supportive parents.
0: To hear right you know, all of the emotional uh, drama of having to come out to our parents, and that is what I got. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a 25-second clip yeah. about how... Um, well, I mean, there's so many gay people, right. in you know, in my life, that this is like you know, barely news, yeah. right? Um, it's so, I mean, it's so. It's so interesting. Um, to be uh, a Generation X person, I'm Generation X, right? Yep. And the idea, the idea of being out at all as a gay person, unimaginable. Uh, in high school, mm-hmm. in middle school, beyond unimaginable, it would be, it would be like, like a form of social death, Right. beyond even word, there would be no language to describe it, right? It would be, it would be the worst possible thing, right? I mean, I myself didn't come up until I was 25, right? Um, And only then basically under duress, right? I was basically dragged out, you know, by a very dear friend who was like, let's let's get this over with enough already, right? Um, So to be in a space in school where there's general support and where the lack of support reads as no different from Normal bs and nonsense, mm-hmm. right? And so therefore, it's impossible for the person receiving it to attribute any more weight mm-hmm. to it than if you know it was some dumb thing in a cafeteria, right? Yeah, so for for me, this is kind of the state of generational change, right? For me, there are no, there are no gay people, there are no lesbian people growing up. There, there aren't any.
0: Your experience. Right,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, in my experience, right. And uh, publicly embracing mm-hmm. a G, L, or B identity,
0: mm-hmm.
1: unimaginable, right? And so, somehow, uh, we've sort of entered a post-gay environment where that's just like, well, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got, you know, my dad's best friend is gay. Well, of course he is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've got these other gay connections. Well, of course you do. Mm -hmm. Right? Because children grow up with there being a new set of norms. Right. And, therefore, that framework leaves sam no doubt thinking well this is this is maybe going to be surprising to them Mm -hmm. but maybe not Mm -hmm. Uh, and maybe it will be a thing maybe it won't be Mm -hmm. but there's nothing in her tone of voice that suggests that she came to the decision of being out tentatively Mm -hmm. from a place of anxiety Mm -hmm. Or came out against her will,
0: and right? From, or whatever, if right? If you remember, in her letter, she talks about first when she was twelve, she came out as gay, right? Right, and then she came out as transgender, right? And to me, that's not about a reticence to to drop the big bomb of transgender. It is her trying to figure out who she 100%, is, right? Did you get that too? Hundred percent. It was just it's it's all her journey, and at at, at a young age, yeah. Um, how she's figuring things these things out in real time and not holding on to it for 10 or 15 years before she admits it. It sounds like she's going to her parents as she's concerned about things and talking with her parents about it right and and that they are supportive of her and so she she has had such a great experience with them, which is amazing
1: right yeah the the place that she starts with yes is a place where, It's not at all surprising. Mm -hmm. Maybe this combination of feelings and perspectives is related to a question of sexuality.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. She's got a number of people in her life who maybe look like models. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I'll try that on to see if that's right. Because without the... Without the framework to separate sexual identity and gender identity, and you only have one in your family background that lets you have a look, mm-hmm. you're going to start there, obviously, because that's what it, that, that that's what your sort of framing is, right? But it becomes clear to her, nah, it isn't that. So maybe it's this. Mm-hmm. All right, I got to do some work on that.
0: Well, right. and she, the other thing about that letter is she talks about her mental health in such an open way. Right. And um, I learned through talking to her and her mom that she started dealing with the, these feelings of anxiety and things like this in fourth grade. And they dealt, started dealing with it right away. She went to a therapist. Right. So I feel like that was kind of a testing ground with her parents, too, in the way that kids... Uh, figure she goes to her mom and her mom is there and they get a therapist and the the whole way as they try and work through this issue which Mm -hmm. you know could have been you know was they're exploring Tourette's and all these different things and here's her mom beside her the whole way encouraging Mm -hmm. her reinforcing we still love you no matter what it is we're gonna help you right like that sets right Sets up in I think Sam's mind that there's not anything that I can tell them that's so horrible that they are going to stop loving me.
1: Correct. Yeah, that seems very clear. Yeah. Right, which is why the the story that you had expected to be <laughs> t- ten minutes yeah. of anguish. <laughs> yes. Right is is twenty five seconds. Right. And psh, done and next. Yeah. Right
0: next question <laughs> yeah
1: what what else you got yeah,
0: yeah. well she does so then she, she goes on part part that i cut out is because she does talk very specifically about her experience at the old middle school and she I shares a lot of those frustrations um but then she says something really interesting as she starts to talk about the importance of choir and musical theater in her life yeah so that was one and one of the big draws as well to Burbank is you know we have a very strong vocal music program right right very strong and so I think that was she really wanted to come and join that so she was going to come in as a female and I know uh, I've talked to my choir teacher a lot as we're trying to place kids in choir and right. and she has to deal with the changing voices of the boys right. And you know, in sixth grade, like she she was just saying to me the other day, I'm like, yeah, I need some sixth grade boys in the boys' choir because I need those high voices.
1: <laughs> right. So right. that was
0: kind of funny. But um, so Sam talks a little bit about uh, being placed in choir, and it I think it's a really interesting uh, uh, perspective she has. I want to share this with you. Okay.
2: Yeah, this year I'm the soprano. I think I was supposed to be a soprano originally, but I don't know if I was... J- I was originally a tenor, but I don't know if that had to do with... Because tenors mainly for male, but, like, I don't know if that had anything to do with, like, the choir teacher not agreeing with my, um, beliefs of me being in the wrong body that I need mm. to be a girl. So, yeah, um, I got moved to the alto section the first day of choir, which I was happy about to at least be in a girl section, even though there are five boys, because their voices are still higher than mine right now.
1: Oh, there was. Okay, talk.
0: So, but I don't know that Sam knows any of that. What kind of, when we first had our very first meeting with that teacher, well, I'm sure Sam's not talking about this, but I found out, which was surprising to me, that the teacher was more old school in her thinking you think choir teacher here's someone who's gonna be very liberal minded right and she's not I see however to her credit she we had a discussion about it she says what you know what is the law what what's the requirement right what is her gender in our system and I said it's female And she said okay I will you know treat her as a female it's But we know that our attitudes and our personal beliefs often, when we're teaching, leak out into little things that we say and do. Right, right. So I'm guessing that Sam's experience in that class, some of those attitudes leaked out a little bit, Mm -hmm. and she was able to pick up on those things. Right. And now here she says this you know, never once did this teacher say anything like that to her, to me, to her mom. But I, but Sam has figured this out, I guess, or she thinks this based on an attitude that she picked up.
1: Right. Good critical thinking on her part. Good on your school for giving her those skills. Right. I see these kind of things that don't really add up to anything. Maybe, or maybe they add up to this thing. Hmm. But I don't really know. So it's not like she fixated fixated on it. Hmm. But rather huh, I wonder, I wonder if I had this experience. Oh, now let me move on to the next thing. Right, Yeah, which was interesting.
0: Yeah, we when we first kind of met together and I know that Sam's mom met with the choir teacher quite a bit at the beginning and really was involved in wanting to be right. there and help out so right. that she could help navigate any difficult situations yes. that might come up with. Yes. And at the very beginning they had made an agreement that Sam would change. There's a bathroom right outside of the classroom where the all the girls change, and then there's a classroom right next door where all the boys change. Okay. And there's a bathroom right outside, and I think they just came to the agreement before school started that Sam would change in that bathroom. Okay. and Was
1: that something that you institu- instituted as the principal?
0: No. I, so you
1: weren't even aware of that? I
0: did not know this until sitting down and having these interviews or this, ah, so a year inci- later this incident happened where I kind of where I beca- became aware and it was right around I think it was either a Christmas show or it was um, you know later on I think it I have a feeling it was around winter time and now Sam is becoming much more comfortable mm-hmm. in the school and in the environment and has come out to a few of her friends and and so she wants to change in with the girls. Sure. And course. I think her mom said, well, absolutely. You have the right to change with the girls. So I think she went to change with the girls. And the choir teacher comes in. And the choir teacher, I think, felt like she was breaking a rule that they had set up or an agreement that they had set up at the beginning of the school year. Okay. And um, I don't remember the exact details, but but pulled her out. She didn't in front of the whole class say anything, but she pulled her outside of the classroom. But there were windows, and some kids who were still left in the room, I think, saw her being and could tell that she was being chastised by the ah. teacher. Mm. And so she was upset about that. And so her friends came to ask her about it. She told them what happened, and that's when this other student overheard. Right. And um, and that was another moment where it was like, oh it's gonna hit the fan yeah and everyone's gonna find out because of this and yet somehow we got past it okay and I met with the the choir teacher and said yeah it's she does have the right to choose where she yeah uh, and she says well it wasn't so much she said it wasn't so much about that it was that we had made an agreement and she broke that agreement and Mm. so we were able to actually resolve it because then the choir teacher left that meeting and bumped into, before we even had a chance to all sit down together, I would just have the conversation with the choir teacher. She left my office, happened to run into Sam and say, Sam, don't worry about it. You can change with the girls if you want. And it was resolved. Okay. So she, but I think that Sam did internalize some of the, the, um, I heard a lot from students that our choir teacher she's she feels very strongly about, you know, values and the way girls dress and being good um, examples and not being too scantily clad. Like there this came up mm-hmm. a, a lot with the kids last year. They felt some of the girls just were so mortified that she, you know, was in, strongly enforcing the dress code and yep. things like this. So she has that little bit of an old school mentality to her um but she's a fantastic she's a fantastic choir teacher and the kids all love her and she has such amazing influence with them but that's a double-edged sword right right so i think sam was doubly hurt by that experience with the choir teacher reprimanding her because it's somebody that she really looks up to and respects as well as this overlay of having to do with her her gender identity and her right. uh, the laws and, and protections right. that are um, there for her.
1: Yeah, I mean, the teacher may have perceived herself to be in line with regard to, hey, even though we didn't talk this out with Dr. Meg, um, you know, you and I had come to some kind of an understanding about how we're going to proceed and maybe with greater experience you would you would not allow the teacher to make a side deal with the kid that you'd you know you'd sort of structure it separately or you'd make it would all be part of the package yeah right or something like that right because a lot of a lot of kids who are trans this is when it goes off the rails yes right it relates to bathroom usage it relates to changing rooms it relates to all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. right and Again, by virtue of being in California and being in a school that is largely supportive and having a culture where faculty know that they're not going to be able to bring a a um, kind of a 1950s mentality to bear, right that they're going to have to find their way to what's both legal and expected, right but that was a that was a time of of real risk and Sam doesn't even know yeah. Which is an indicator of where we are. Yes. Right.
0: And I think that this comes to bear in so many things every day with kids. Teachers have their own set of beliefs and standards and morals and convictions. Right. And right. then, you know, that's why there are laws. That's why there right. had to be a set of laws about how what do um, transgender youth where do they get to change where do they get to mm-hmm. use the bathroom like the whole reason that there are now laws about this is because when left to each individual school to make this decision not everyone's going to make the right decision and i can understand right. because in talking to the choir teacher and even thinking about it myself here sam is is still what they in in stealth mode she still hasn't come out and what if in changing with all of the girls something was discovered and now it's in this mass environment and a bunch of girls suddenly see something they're not supposed to see that they can barely understand because they've known her only as a girl yep so that's what I think all of us are trying to avoid um, a bad situation for Sam and for every other girl in that dressing room right? right we're trying to protect all of them right from a negative experience and in doing so the logical person says well she should probably just um, Sam should just change in the bathroom you know so that uh, the girls there isn't this potential for this outing mm-hmm you can totally see where that comes from
1: totally and yet and yet for uh, folks who are trans and are are, are M- mindful of the desire to have equal treatment by an equal society, the whole conversation that we're having now will feel like, yeah, this isn't this isn't really working for me, right? Yeah, how is like, this gonna play th- th- in this five is, years? Right, <laughs> that th- 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 yeah. this is not, this is not, should not be, and is only an issue because of uh, kind of. You know perspectives on the part of some folks that is not that are not sufficiently nurturing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know I I get that as well. You know you you isolate and separate me by making this deal where I'm going to change in the bathroom. Well, wh- why am I doing that, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know what 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 difference does it make? Uh, parts does not equal gender Mm -hmm. parts does not equal sexuality parts equals biology Mm -hmm. right um which is a separate construct from these other things that we're talking about right so it's a challenging question right It,
0: it it always reminds me when i was teaching seventh grade yep and uh we would read a book called Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. Yeah, yeah. Right? Set in the the South in the 30s, there's Jim Crow. Right. And they're just, um, uh, the integration of schools hasn't happened. So in order to read this, Novel. I have to talk about civil rights, the civil rights movement, what it was like before the civil rights movement, to try and give the kids some context. So I would always give this assignment where they would write a a civil rights newspaper and then to do an editorial, and they had to research some of those laws, Plessy versus Ferguson, Brown v. Board of Education. They had to pick one of those. So I'll never ever forget this really smart kid, this great kid that I had, you know, wrote his editorial, Um, basically talking about how, you know, the buses and the schools and everything were segregated, but the, the African-American students had didn't have the resources, and so things weren't as nice for them, um, and right. he was like, well, why can't they just have the right resources, and it was so difficult for them all to be together that, that he said, well, they should just be separate but equal was his (laughs) was his editorial uh, editorialization of this uh and and when i read this and i think i even talked to his mom about it at one point like we were laughing about it uh it was like oh my gosh how horrifying that he would he would say oh separate but equal right we fought so hard to get to get integration and he's like no no if we just would make sure that They had the same things. They don't have to be together. And I remember saying, it's like, well, that's what the Supreme Court decided. You know, back in eighteen whatever it was, ninety-seven or something right. with it.
1: That's what Plessy is. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is, is that so? Yeah, a whole bunch of really smart people also agreed with you back in that time. But now right. to look back on something, right? It seems absurd to us, and yet, you know, right. In the moment, they thought that was the best that they could do.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, look, I I think that that from our perspective as educators, right. We know where schools are. Schools are very conservative, small c. Mm-hmm. Institutions, they change slowly, yes. and sometimes fitfully, mm-hmm. right? And you know, we, we understand that. We want them to change in ways that will be respectful and nurturing and honoring of our students much faster than the institution sometimes changes, right? For sure. And we, as educational leaders, all we can promise to do is continue to grow, learn, and listen. We're going to make plenty of mistakes, uh, wrong call, but right heart, right kind of kind of things, yeah. right? And we're not going to frame things the way that we ought to or, 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 yeah. right? Yeah. Um, in this case, because of the virtues that your school already has, many potential... Potholes, which might have done in another student's experience, didn't 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 open up. And honestly, if this,
0: if this exact same thing had happened five years ago, I couldn't say that. Who knows? The experience would have been the same.
2: It but, almost
1: certainly would not have been. Right. Yeah, almost certainly not. Um, and that's not a function of of uh, one teacher or one principal no, or whatever. No. It's just a function of. As society evolves. That's right. Yeah, for sure.
0: So maybe this would be a good place to cut this into a second episode. Okay. I've got a few more clips from Sam. All right. uh, But maybe we should save that for episode two. Great. Because we've talked about a lot and we've hardly heard from Sam and I've still got a lot more from her.
1: Good. All right. Then, then, uh, folks, uh, thanks for listening to uh, episode one, season two of Many Windows. And we'll be back... Uh, next time with the second half of our interview and conversation with Sam. Okay, until next time. See you then. Bye.